traveling through another dimension, a dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. That's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, dark territory. I know she's not deaf or dumb or retarded or anything. Ordering in Wonderland, the Twilight Zone review. Hello, citizens. Welcome to L.A. David Twilight Zone Review. I'm Phoenix West. I am Frank Clementine Link. Squeeze, squeeze. This is so bizarre, Frank. We're recording in a different style, in case you can't tell. Hopefully this all works out, and it's not just me talking without Frank ever responding, <laughs> because we're recording separately, uh, as as indicated by our, our buddy over at the Twilight Zone Podcast, Tom Elliott. To record our audio track separately, which is what we've meant to do for a while. We just put it off for a super long time. Well, but here we are. Well, I mean, truth be told, we, we, we put it off for a super long time until Frank got his act together and got, like, you know, professional recording equipment that works. Yeah. Yeah, but even then, you still had that thing for, like, six or seven months at this point, right? Well, see, I'm not only lazy, but I'm computer illiterate audio engineering illiterate and just basically illiterate period yeah you still have me tell you how to do things over skype <laughs> exactly <laughs> which is always fun but today we're reviewing uh twilight Zone episode 410 no time like the past right that's the name of the episode yep am uh, i wrong yes uh Originally okay. aired March seventh, nineteen sixty-three. Indeed, yes, it did. Those are those are facts, Frank. Thank you. Yeah. So, Mark Zickery. Oh, okay, good. I, I also see Mister IMDb. He, he's also <laughs> correct. Uh, but it's episode one forty-six of this fine podcast. Uh, uh, I, I did get response back from Tom Elliott. By the way, I reached out to him in the last recording. I have not responded to him until today. He responded to me about a month ago. And <laughs> I'm very slow on Twitter. I fucking hate Twitter. Let me just say that. But I got back to him. He said he's not really sure if he can keep up with us. And I'm like, we can change our style like on a whim. So go, feel free to join us, man. Yeah, I mean, like, if you listen to ISCP or Way Off Topic, even Welcome to Banshee even, I am moldable. I can be off the rails, fucking everything up and down, or I can be clean. Literally, or well, that's to you know, literally and figuratively. However, if your if your middle school couch is uh, is questioned, <laughs> they will say yes. You're <laughs> Dude, the middle school couch, the trash guys didn't even want to touch it. It, well, it was giving birth to armchairs on the side of the road. <laughs> it was just shooting out like ottomans and chaise lounges. And, like, <laughs> I was just going to say, little, there, was, there was little ottomans there. <laughs> yeah. You built your own Ottoman empire in the backyard. <laughs> shooting them out. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it, Frank. <laughs> All right. So, Oh, history jokes. Uh, Those are always fun. Do you want to play Rod's intro to this yes. episode, which is 
50 something minutes long for some fucking reason 51 minutes well the i don't well the pre-intro is not rod rod's intro is 25 seconds but the pre-intro is 53 so you want to i'll just play them both in succession and then we'll go on from there because this episode is is shallow at best yes uh, we'll get into it after, but go ahead and play those. Okay, here they go. And here we go. I don't care for the 20th century. I do not. I will now tell you as succinctly as possible how I classify the times. We live in a cesspool, a septic tank, a gigantic sewage complex in which runs the dregs, the filth, the misery-laden slop of the race of men, his hatreds, his prejudices, his passions, and his violence. And the keeper of the sewer? Man. He is a scientifically advanced monkey who walks upright and with eyes wide open into an abyss of his own making. His bombs, his fallout, his poisons, his radioactivity, everything he designs as an art for dying is his excuse for living. No, Harvey, we live in, a, in an exquisite bedlam, an insanity, maybe all the more grotesque by the fact that we don't recognize it as insanity. Driscoll, a creature of the 20th century. He puts to a test a complicated theorem of space-time continuum, but he goes a step further, or tries to. Shortly, he will seek out three moments of the past in a desperate attempt to alter the present, one of the odd and fanciful functions in a shadowland known as the Twilight Zone. Oh, spooky, spooky, right? Dun, 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 dun. The Shadowland, okay. known as the Twilight Zone. The Twilight Zone. For the first time in recording history for LIW Twilight Zone Review, I see a long, like, minute-long gap of no audio because I'm not recording you. And that's bizarre to me, seeing that long of a flat line, like someone died over here. <laughs> 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 Like that sort of shit. It's just nothing. <laughs> I don't like it. And now I see like us talking or me talking. <laughs> this is weird. This is strange. I, I'll have to admit. And also, I found out that the that the um, the Twilight uh, the Twilight Zone pone uh, PWN they record this way as well. That's why they sound uh, so well. While uh, Fred's in Brooklyn and. What's his face down in Austin or Pittsburgh, wherever he was at the time? Pittsburgh or Austin, very close, very close together, Frank. Well, he moved during oh, the okay, you know, somewhere in between the you know the beginning of the show and now. I don't know where he is exactly, but he's a lawyer, so I don't care. John, that's his name. John, Fred, and John, good guys. Did really. you? F- did you hold on? Did it take you a full month to think of that other guy's name? Because last episode or two episodes ago, you couldn't think of the one guy's name, John. <laughs> I was got it now. I was listening to their podcast today, and uh, it, it, okay, yeah, but but Fred, I remember because he cracks me up. He's a musician, and he's from Brooklyn, so you know he's he's a he's a Northeast brother. And I I I, I also thought he was um, African American for the first twenty episodes I ever listened to, but no. No, he's not. He's German. <laughs> oh, cool. Can yeah. I can I say one thing real quick? Go it's ahead. Came up today where if you look at my screen here, Frank, I, I'm showing you an image. 
I got sent a, you're not going to be able to see it that well. I'm just kind of using it as a prop. I got sent a message on Facebook Messenger, which if you're not friends with someone, you have to go into like seven sub menus to find out who sent you a message that wasn't automatically sent to you. But I found it, and it's from a guy named Jay Bam, and it says, uh, Dear Phoenix, my friends and I host Dirty Harry Minute, one of the knowing podcasts that reviews every minute of a movie, which is up my alley, right, Frank? Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, guess which one's ours. Uh, wonder if you might please be a guest phoner later in the year. And it sounds like they review, is it Dirty Harry or Harry Potter? <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what movies they do, but I said, yes, I didn't even question. I said, yes. And then I asked what movie they're doing. <laughs> and I was like, if you're to breaking it down scene by scene, go watch Nickel and cocaine on, on, uh, LAW studios on YouTube. It's just breaking down a movie face off second by second. And it's so <laughs> I focus on the minutia and I come with my own theories in the second of the scene that I'm watching. It's insanity, and you, you'll see slideshow of Face Off in the background. Go ahead and watch that. I'm going to do that later in the year, November. Also, I also want to plug a um, hundred things that will burn in hell. Final episode: Phoenix gets naked. I also got naked on uh, B Movie Battle epi- Nick Cage cast episode of. Uh, Left behind, I get fully nude, dong and all. Uh, uh, dong, um, doing, doing, interesting. D- dong, d- think that's that's an eye. Frank's yeah. lost. Frank is lost. No, no, no. I was watching Vsauce three, and they do this thing called dong dongs. And it has something to do, things you can do on the internet or something. And somehow that fits into dongs. And one, I thought of you because everything you do has Nick Cage's face to it. I I forget which one it is, but it is hysterical. Nick Nick Cage cast. Well, yeah, but no, it's an app. It's it's like, no, it's a website where... Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it's like a website, and anything you post or anything—it's it has something to do. And Nick Cage is like, his face is everywhere. <laughs> I've got to be on there at this point, right? I well, I, it it's old. Like they. I've doing done twenty it. some episodes of Nick Cage cast. I have to be on there at some point, guys. Get me on there. No, I mean Vsauce Three hasn't done an episode in like a year. Uh, apparently, uh, my it, show's been in there three years. Well, well, dude, get this. Apparently, you know Vsauce. You know Michael. Hi, hey Vsauce. Mike here, right? Everybody knows Vsauce. Um, after what are you saying, Vsauce? Vsauce. You've never watched an episode on on. YouTube called Vsauce. Frank, I can't tell you how much I don't give a shit about Twitter or YouTube. Well, okay. Anyway, Vsauce. I mean, it's it's not it's not it it doesn't pull in PewDiePie numbers for crying out loud. But you know, for like intelligent you know adults, uh, it's probably the one of the most um, viewed channels ever. Uh, and the host did a 
uh, YouTube Originals series. And after he did that, YouTube went and demonetized Vsauce. <laughs> so he had to start his own. He had to start another channel called Dongs. Okay. I feel like we're way the fuck off topic here. Yes, I don't we care are. about this anymore. Okay, okay. so this episode. Um, okay. Yeah, we're 12 and a half minutes in here. Let's talk about No Time Like the Past. Let's just get first impressions out of the way. Or uh, final impressions. I don't know what we call that. Do you like this episode? No. I like this episode, but I also think this episode sucks. It's terrible. Does that make sense? This episode would have sucked more if it was a half hour long. You know what they would have done in a half hour episode is cut out the preamble. They would have got rid of him going to Hiroshima, him going to Nazi Germany, him going to Lusitania. They would have got rid of that and then started off then, like after, and then going to Holmesville, Indiana, whatever. My biggest gripe is the is 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 the choices along the way, like <laughs> w- way way to go from one. There's so many. It's like, gripes about this. It's like you you go from World War One Lusitania to to the H bomb to. I wish you went in that order. It, what was the order again? He went from H bomb in Japan, fails there. He okay. Let's set up the episode real quick. Just it's gonna take three seconds. There's a guy up on a pillar, up on like a science pillar, talking to another guy down below, and it's like a a fucking TARDIS where it moves through uh, space and time. And uh, he he talks about it. Looks like a a shitty version of uh, obsolete man. Mm-hmm. Same kind of filming style. I thought the same thing. Yeah. But he's like, oh, I'm going to go back in time. I'm going to change things. And he goes back and he goes to Hiroshima. He fails at convincing the Japanese that a bomb's going to fall and destroy all of Hiroshima. He goes to next to Nazi Germany and he's going to shoot Hitler and he's got a fucking sniper rifle out the window and he gets interrupted by the fucking maid. And don't fucking answer the door. If you don't answer the door, the maid's not going to knock it down like Bane. Yeah, yeah. like, how about just going, I'm naked in here, go away. Jerking it! (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Dong and Shiza! Or or how about not being so freaking, I don't know, honest? Yeah, or uh, what's what's wrong with the fucking do not disturb sign and the goddamn doorknob? Dude, I could... It, I mean, I could be staying in a hotel room for four days. I will specifically tell them, put my, put my room number down as a room to not enter until I check out. I do you will not- see so many hairy balls if you open this door, ma'am. I am warning. I have more than the recommended amount of two. I have more. Do not open this door. They're very hairy, ma'am. Do not open the door. Uh, I I put that do not disturb sign. It's there all the time, dude. And if I find out that if I'm gone at the track all day and I come home or come to the hotel and the do not disturb sign is still there and I come in and I see a folded bed and shit, I lose it. I go down and then I get a free night. Ma'am, 
I, I warned you, this is my pegging station. This is the Hampton Inn. You do not disrespect the pegging station and inter in interrupt my sanctuary, okay? What if I was getting pegged in the middle of this? What if and you walked in on that? That's on you, ma'am. You have to tell your kids about that. That's on you. <laughs> or a squirting session. A squirting. Yeah. If I'm four hours in deep into a squirting session and she's almost there, as she quotes, you know, four hours in, almost there for 65 minutes. Almost there. Yeah, right. And if I'm almost there and you knock on the fucking door and I have to restart from zero, fuck you. Fuck you and your fresh towels and soap. <laughs> How much soap and fresh towels I got to go through in, in, in three days at the Hampton Inn? Not going to fucking happen, ma'am. You know what? If if I need more towels, I'll go down and I'll get them myself. And my wife and I, we make our own bed every morning. It is yeah. And if and if the squirting happens, I'll tell you to get new carpet. It's fine. We make sure we get a room that has two beds in it. Like Lucy? Well, well, the one bed is for the nasty, and the other bed is oh, for okay. sleeping. <laughs> you got a fuck bed. That's genius, Frank. That is genius. Dude, you're talking to a professional hotel stay. <laughs> it sounds like you're a professional serial killer, but I get what you're saying. Thank you. You got your I'm murder bed. You got your tuck bed. And I do not book a hotel room until we are driving to our destination. You know why? You get the deals, son. Because hotels hate having empty rooms. Because an empty room means they ain't making no money. Yeah. And and you can get hotels to pretty much, especially Hampton Inns. Hampton Inns will pretty much go down to extreme levels of cheapness if they know you're you're on your way and you're 12 hours out or whatever. And... They're like, you know, they have like four, 30 rooms available, whatever. You will get the one with the jacuzzi, king-size bed, plus a twin, and, you know, uh, all that good stuff. And for the same price as a room with one twin bed, no jacuzzi, and a free night. Yeah. I've checked into hotels before and asked for twins. I got a very different response. They were not <laughs> obliging at all. So he goes for, he tries to kill Hitler, fails because he pays attention to the fucking maid. He lets the maid in the goddamn room who, who, who proceeds to like Spanish Inquisition the motherfucker. And she calls the fucking Gestapo downstairs, comes upstairs and ruins his. He disappears in a sniper rifle's there, and the guy's like, oh, that's gone. Uh, does gun won't does does shoot <laughs> yeah and then he goes to lusitania last so he goes the furthest back in time it, it, to lusitania who's driven by fucking eyebrows mcgillicuddy over here <laughs> that guy was just like eyebrows with a face attached it was insane willy willy driving the fucking lusitania over here <laughs> It's like God. it's like listen, Eddie Munster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you you will be torpedoed. You need to swerve, duck, dive, jive, and spin. And he goes, "Get out of here! I'm, you're nuts." Boom. He's he's literally like, "Can you change your course one degree? You won't even notice. Nobody will notice. Can you just do it?" And the guy's like, "I have to wax this shit." No. <laughs> <laughs> it's Al Pacino, apparently. Get out of here! Yeah! 
great ass. This ship's got a great big ass, and I got my eyebrows all the way up it. And he's just like, no, I can't change it one degree. My my volume is spiked all right now, by the way, in my timeline. So is mine. Devil's advocate. Uh, <laughs> fuck your sister. <laughs> oh, God. The, the devil something is in his loins. <laughs> I, I don't remember exactly the quote. <laughs> yeah. I, I just know Keanu Reeves should have fucked his sister there because she was redheaded and hot. But, dude, come on. That was the greatest ending. Just, oh, yeah. But also, he's married to Charlize Theron, so I don't blame him. It's Charlize Theron, sir. You say whatever the fuck you want. Could we do a, could we do a cheers to her? You drink oh, a Mountain Dew. dude. Cheers to Charlize. Tink. Charlize Theron, the, the southern fried Charlize Theron in that movie, and A Time to Kill. Good you didn't, you didn't drink. Well, I gotta unscrew. Ah, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll not unscrew her. Oh, ba bang, ba bang. Wait. Okay. So, don't tell me like the past. Let's, let's stay focused here. Hold on, hold on. I got a, uh, I got a quote for that. Hold on. Uh, I, 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 can you, I screwed can up. Can you play this? I, I, and I'm gonna. I, I, I need up. the I piss. I screwed up. I screwed up. Hold on one second. Frank, shut the fuck up. I have to piss. But I'm afraid this time you pulled a boner. <laughs> Lovely. Can you can you talk for a minute? I can talk for a lot of minutes. Yeah. Okay. So Okay, so um <clears throat> my favorite Charis Theron movie is Eon Flux. Now, for all you millennials out there, um there was this channel called MTV. They used to be cool and they actually used to make movies. And they weren't good, except for... No, that one was bad, too. But uh, Eon Flux was horrible. It was based off of a comic, I believe. But Charlize Theron was in this black leather all-movie. And my God, I fell in love instantly. And ever since then, I mean, A Time to Kill... Yes, I yes they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. That's a uh, that's my Samuel Jackson impression. Um, she's Matthew McConaughey's wife, Southern Fried, uh, Sherry's Theron, and uh, let's see what else. Um, Devil's Advocate. She was in that. Amazing. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, Hancock. She was in that. Um, but good God, Eon Flux is when I first fell in love with Sher- Sharice Theron. Eon Flux was? Yeah, that was the first movie I ever noticed her. And, uh, you know, Eon Flux, Sher- Sher- Sharice Theron, in that black fucking um, skin tight uh, getup that she had. And when she was maneuvering over top of the grass, that would stab you for some odd reason. I don't know why. But that movie was terrible. I'm not saying it was good. However, Sharice Theron was sexy as fuck in that. Mine was uh, Devil's Advocate. Yeah! Devil's Advocate. She cut her tits in church. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. So, sorry. I, I, I started off this episode having the pee, and then I could not contain it anymore. So. It's okay. So, I mean. The I, guy's a massive failure. 
in this episode. Dude, I mean, honestly, look, you cannot change the history. That's what this whole fucking... It, it's called the, the bootstrap paradox. You cannot change the history. You can also call it the grandfather paradox if you want. Although this episode didn't even touch on that. This episode was more along the lines of the bootstrap paradox. You cannot change the past. Here's where I disagree, Frank. Because the episode is very confused about how time travel works. Because he comes back after the Lusitania crashes. He comes back and he goes, I give up. I can't change the past. And his scientist buddy's like, you're right. You can't change the past at all. And so our main character, Mr. Uh, Paul Driscoll, apparently, goes, I'm going to go back to Holmesville, Indiana or Illinois or where the fuck it is. And he's like, I'm going to go live there. They don't know about science. They don't know about anything. It's a simple living. I'm going to go back there. And then his buddy goes, if you change one minute detail, you'll change everything. And I go, you just fucking said you can't change the past, motherfucker. What is it? it it's almost like he... Now... Like... I, now, him being in a room with a gun about to shoot the, you know, uh, you know, their... Our, our fear, yeah, yeah, the the Fiera, right? Um, where's that story about the guy that just disappeared? Because we hear about the guy, you know, who landed in Japan from some, he, you know, he had a great passport from some country that didn't exist, and he was very confused. They showed him a map of where his country was supposed to be. He was very confused, and they didn't know what to do with him, so they put him up in this hotel on the 30th floor armed guards the windows didn't open the next day dude was gone you ever hear about that story i have heard of i mean are you saying we should be hearing a story about the guy who disappeared from a german (laughs) hotel we should be hearing about the guy that was going to assassinate the fuhrer uh, and, but he disappeared when the Gestapo uh, came to get him. And uh, but then again, nobody was guarding the door, so he could have very well just, you know, left. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I, I get what you're saying, but see, at that point, you're talking about not the grandfather paradox. You're talking about being able to change the past because of any sort of deviation from what's written is a change. They keep saying you can't kill Hitler, but you could show up and be a guy, and then suddenly you're reported. That's still a paradox. Yeah, but it, it's such a minute... Um, no, minute or not, it doesn't fucking matter. You could change the past, you could change the past. Either you can or you can't. You know, they they had so... They, they could have gone so many different ways with this episode to where him going back to try to change the future or that the past actually created the past that happened. And if he didn't go back to change the past, then the past wouldn't have happened the way it did. But they didn't that's, do that. That's what I prefer. With time travel, like the movie Looper, that bothers the shit out of me because they do two different times of time travel in the exact same storyline seconds apart. 
I like the movie a lot, but it still bothers me because they they can't they're not consistent. Yeah, they don't but, follow their own rules. Yeah, at one point, uh, Paul Dano is is chasing his former self, trying to kill himself, and he's cutting off limbs. And his former his future self is just like losing a leg and falling over and crashing a car. And I'm like, okay, so you can change the past immediately, and it has immediate results in the in the in the present. Like his, his past self is cutting off legs. His older self in the present is losing limbs and crashing a car because of that. But at the end of the movie, spoiler alert for the movie Looper from fucking eight years ago, uh, Joyce Gordon-Levitt is a younger version of Bruce Willis. He shoots himself in the head, but Bruce Willis falls over dead instead of disappearing. Or he disappears, but all that chaos still happened. Even though his older version wouldn't have came back at all because he doesn't exist. So none of it makes... They, they're doing two different versions and they, they don't add up. They're not the same type of time travel theory. And that bothers... I love time travel. So do you can I. tell how f- fucking angry I'm getting. It doesn't make any sense. They're doing ty- two types of it. This is- Neither one of them make any sense. Because the first version, Paul Dano, the results happened, but the, the current version is affected by that. But the later version, uh, you know, Joe Scott Levy kills himself, but the results are still there. But Bruce Willis disappears, but he's all the chaos, and he's still on the farm. But in 30 years, he wouldn't have been there. So we're still seeing the first loop, but the second loop around, whatever you want to call it, wouldn't have happened. So it really, Emily Blunt would have been living on her farm with her kid and been just fine. That, yeah, dude, that movie, like, I didn't know. I never watched that movie until you brought that up about a year ago when we started talking about time travel movies. Yeah. And I watched it, and it because uh, I love time travel movies because it makes you think. And I, I like movies that make you think. And, and, and nothing makes you think harder than time travel movies. You know, like Time Cop. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that movie. <laughs> I love that movie because it, it, is, so, it is so batshit nuts. Like why? Why? Why the brick wall? Why? Why? So if there's a malfunction, you're you're (laughs) you're 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 just a grease spot on the wall. (laughs) Years later, the twins are still there. (laughs) Clean them up. Get a fucking mop and bucket. Go out and clean them up. I know. Power wash. A cone of paint. (laughs) A paint of. I know. A thin layer of paint would have got rid of the twins. How about another brick wall? (laughs) <laughs> another layer why not one already exists why not a- bruce M- bruce mcgillis where the fuck is the extra paint on the brick wall come on are you are you saying we were friends and i liked you oh yeah <laughs> yeah i love it anyway lots of mistakes in that movie but nothing here or there but he goes to homeville and he begins to uh have a life like it reminds me of uh captain america after the events of endgame in Avengers. Speaking of which, the boys, uh, Amazon Prime. No. Wow. So after Avengers Endgame, uh, I guess spoiler alert: if you haven't seen that movie, which I can't imagine you haven't, the uh, Captain uh, America I goes haven't. back and has to shut the fuck up about everything. And this is what happens here because the guy goes back in time to the 1800s. And has to listen to all this conversation about shit he knows everything about. So he goes to a dinner, and he talks. And one of these guys sitting at the at the at the hotel or the fuck they are, and has like a, a very uh, 
and he has like a war speech, like America is great with war. We're great with war. Let's go ahead and kill everybody. And the, and our main character is like, I've seen too many young men come back and blown up, and blah blah blah. You haven't seen men blown up and dying and three day dead body stench. I've seen too many, too much of that. And then, so he's doing an anti-war speech, right? Right. And then he gets up and he goes to leave, and the friend next to the guy doing the pro-war speech goes. What a violent man. And I'm like, no, that was the opposite of violent man. That was anti-violent man through and through. What the fuck are you talking about? Were you listening at all? Yeah, like, um, oh, by the way, uh, um, m- would you like to hear what Zickory has to say about this episode? Because I found I, it. Yes. Okay, so. Yes, I would. Okay, uh, time travel was a subject that repeatedly fascinated Serling with, quote, no time like the past, end quote, he again explored the potentials. Unfortunately, the story is chock full of illogic and dramatic cheats. Driscoll arrives in Hiroshima only six hours before it is bombed. Even if his warnings were believed, they would accomplish no more than futile hysterical prelude to the horror to come. As it turns out, he gets to the police chief of Hiroshima only minutes before the blast. In spite of this, he delivers his forecast, which he claims comes from, quote, the voice of history, unquote. In another scene, Driscoll is in a hotel room, kneeling by a window, looking through the telescope sight, or telescopic sight of a high-powered rifle. Through the site, we see Adolf Hitler. The year is 1939. The place, Germany. Driscoll aims and slowly squeezes the trigger. Click. It was just a test run. This was the worst kind of cheat. No assassin in his right mind would get his intended victim centered in the crosshairs of his rifle without intending to fire. He, yeah. he would know that he might not get a second chance, as indeed Driscoll does not. Despite a few bright moments, such as when Driscoll argues with a belligerent Homeville resident over 19th century American military policy, quote, no time like the past, unquote, fails to present a thoughtful, speculative story. Some months after its broadcast, Serling summed up quite succinctly like this quote on the twilight zone dot 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 we've run the time travel theme to death unquote yep and i agree with serling he really did beat this horse to death i never got it quite right the only one that's ever gotten it right is dark on netflix i Rick, I cannot fucking recommend it more and more and more. Dark on Netflix. Season one, season two, easily bingeable. Season three coming out next year, and it's amazing. The time travel in it is perfect. There, it, it is mind-bending. It's perfect. It's on cue. They do not violate any of their rules, and it's just... It's perfection. It like it's just perfection. 
Let me say, Frank, I finally watched the pilot episode. And? I'm going to go back and rewatch it. I liked it. I didn't focus enough, and I regret it. So I'm going to go back and rewatch it tomorrow. Dude, the, the, the theme song will get stuck in your head for days. I love it. Um, the beginning scene is just like, you're like, whoa, what the fuck? Holy shit. Right? And I, okay, it's, it's in German. I highly recommend if, if, you know, I highly recommend you watch it first time around with the English subtitles so you don't miss anything. However, I do highly recommend you watch it second time around in its German. Um, or wait a minute. I'm sorry. Uh, not English subtitles. Uh, they have it dubbed over in English. So they speak English, but their mouths don't sync up very well. Even though German is very close to English, so it does kind of... You don't notice it after a while. Uh, it doesn't take anything away. Um, but then the second time around, watch it in German throw the English subtitles down there and uh, you'll like it even more because the actors are really, really good. Time now for five classic Twilight Zone episodes with a 2019 Twitter Zone spin. Starting with episode 217-22. After suffering a nervous breakdown from overwork, a woman moves into her converted compact van and leaves the capitalist world behind. She encounters no more problems makes a ton of friends, and rocks out to Taylor Swift's 22 a lot. It's a great time, but you should still feel ashamed for working your life away, you sack of shit. 2.22, long distance call. A toy telephone becomes a link between a young boy and his dead grandmother. He realizes he can speak to her, but all she wants to talk about is how things were in her day. She tries to sell the boy on segregation and white pride. When the boy turns 18, he votes for Donald Trump. 2.29, the obsolete man. In a future society, a social justice warrior is declared an enemy of the state and put to death, a chilling vision of what's to come in this country. This SJW fights for her rights and the use of proper pronouns, while the state is more concerned with things like a bloated deficit and constantly shifting foreign diplomacies. 318, Dead Man's Shoes. A homeless man finds the shoes of a rich man. The other rich people realize they are the same and give up their money so everyone now becomes middle class, the way it should be. Homeless people are heroes and rich people are scum, but since we're all the same now, it's cool. End on a shot of the shoes to make you wonder if this is alright, but we all know it is, so forget that. Credits. 3.29, 4 o'clock. An obsessed man exposes evil on Twitter by calling out liars and Republicans online. There is no twist in this episode. This man is a hero and is carried out on the shoulders of the rest of the cast. He is then given a parade and a pound of California orange kush because he's awesome. This parade takes place at 4 o'clock. So, he goes back, he's living in 18-whatever, in Homeville, he, he starts dating a lady, and she works at a school, and he hears about a school fire, and then he tries to stop it, and causes it, and we know that's going to happen, and he fails. Of course he does, because it has to happen. Which is really fucking boring to watch. Yeah, history will happen no matter what you do. Yep. And then he goes back, defeated, to modern time, you know, 1963. And he talks to his buddy. And his time machine looks like he's hot boxing. Because he's like sitting in a little box and there's all the smoke pouring around. He's like, ah, oh, yeah. 
Like if if I were if I Phoenix, if you had a time machine <clears throat> and you were able to change history and you could change history, what would where would you go and what would you do to stop? I go back and stop certain shows from being canceled. Well, no, you can only do it once. Um, I go back to 1990 or 2000, whatever the fuck it is, and stop Christopher Titus from going into the Fox executives and telling them off so that the show Titus got canceled. <laughs> I, I would do the same. I hated that show. I love that show. I hated it. I hated it. I, I hated Titus. I, I, I don't know where he came from. I, I never thought he was funny ever. And um, yeah. Now, if I had a time machine personally, I would go back to the year um, uh, 4000 uh, BCE and prove that the pyramids are already there. Okay. Because th- there's no, th- there is no fucking way that the Egyptians built those fuckers. I'm sorry, it's impossible. Uh, we're probably going to talk about aliens now. I don't want to. It has nothing to do with aliens. All right, good. I, uh, I just this episode could have been fun, could have been better by uh, tenfold. It's just kind of a drag, and he's like so inept at everything. It felt like it was the most half-assed episode about time travel I've ever seen. Yeah, he's about the worst time traveler to ever exist. If he just didn't answer the door for the fucking maid and instead blew off the fierce head and disappeared, why is he answering the door when he's going to disappear anyway? And not for nothing, him killing Hitler would not have, have stopped World War II. I'm sorry. Hitler was just the fucking loud voice of a movement that was, you know, uh, being run by a whole lot more, uh, you know, fucked up people behind the scenes. Uh, and I can go on and on about that, but doesn't matter. I just, I just, uh, this episode, I, it, I like it. But it's how many stars would you give it? I gave it six. I give it a four. I like it, but it's just like, eh. It missed the mark, and I just like. I like the speech he gives the guy in the eighteen hundreds. That's a table. I like that. Is it in here? Let me see. Did Sickery put it in here? Well, what was the speech? Do you remember? Or or do you have it to play it? No, but he's talking about like, you know, he's seen too many people die in the war. And like he kills the guy, an armchair warrior. Mm-hmm. It's like, guys, wars will never be started. They're started by guys like you, but never fought by guys like you. You're oh, sending way yeah. too many kids to their death and that sort of stuff. I like that. I like that scene. I agreed with him so much, too. Yeah, but it was like a three-minute scene out of fifty-one minutes. Yeah, and it, yeah, like I, I did like that, and uh, you could tell that was that was Serling's thoughts because he was in the war. That was yeah. that was his direct thought of the war, 
of the people who who you know called the shots behind the scenes and that's what he thought of because serling in during the war was uh very um anti um he didn't get along with his officers very well put that way plus he was very pissed off that he ended up in the pacific theater when he because he joined the war to go to the uh european theater because you know he was jewish so that's why he joined in the first place. He didn't join the war to island hop. He went there to liberate. Yeah. Do you want to play the outro? Yes, I do. And here it is. Because I'm done with this fucking episode. Incident on a July afternoon, 1881. A man named Driscoll who came and went and in the process learned a simple lesson. Perhaps best said by a poet named Lathbury, who wrote, Children of yesterday, heirs of tomorrow, what are you weaving? Labor and sorrow? Look to your looms again, faster and faster fly the great shuttles prepared by the master. Life's in the loom. Room for it. Room. Tonight's tale of clocks and calendars in the twilight zone. Great. Thank you, Rod. And uh, and next week, so we take a page out of a book on the space age, and we project just a couple of degrees as to what conceivably might happen to an astronaut if suddenly and inexplicably, in the middle of an orbit, he disappears. Our story tells you how, why, and where. It stars Steve Forrest. It's called The Parallel. Capcom, Capcom, this is Phoebus Ten. I've lost contact with you. All right. Can't wait. Does it? <laughs> okay. Well, does it? <laughs> season 4 he would he would talk about next week's episode and then he'd play a scene from it. So I oh, okay. so I always try to cut it off right as the scene starts. So Good call. Thank you. Yeah, so it's the the parallel. Um oh boy. Can't wait. It was so uh, yeah, that's something. Boy, was it. Yeah. <clears throat> I just got word back, by the way, about the podcast I was asked to be on. They're actually revering Dirty Harry. Uh, minute 98. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Frank. Yo, d- <clears throat> Dirty Harry, um, <clears throat> it's, it like, it's, uh, you know, you got to ask yourself one question. Do you feel lucky? Do you punk? Like this guy's walking around with you know, um, you know, a suit jacket with the elbow, <laughs> you know, ag- ag- again with the elbow pads. I don't. I never yeah. understood that. He's got this gigantic, unnecessary fucking gun, and he's basically just walking around a city, murdering everybody. And apparently, it's it's totally cool. <laughs> like, uh, like this this is. I mean, I, I don't. I, I didn't like it. Did you? I, Dirty Harry, I like. It's a, it's interesting movie. I, uh, you know, I have a Clint, huge Clint Eastwood crush. So do I. But it's a. Uh, 
I don't know. It's it's not a satisfying movie when I watch it. I'm like, oh, almost. <laughs> like, you know what Clint Eastwood movie I love and everybody hates is the one where he goes to space. I knew you were going to say that. Space <laughs> Cowboys. I love it. It was him and it was... Um, but, Donald Sutherland. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, um, James Brolin. Yep. And um, the guy no. from The Fugitive. Um, Harrison Ford's not in that. No, 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 the other guy. Oh, Tommy Lee Jones? Him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's in it, and he's banging some ugly broad. And it's not Brolin, it's uh, James, what's his name, for Maverick. Can 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 Kane can no 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 I don't know his name I don't know his name Gar oh god anyway it doesn't matter so let's get out of here because fuck this episode right uh yeah it's fine it's fine it's whatever it was it's it, it was it was an episode that could have been so much better, but the, it just missed the mark every chance it, it had an opportunity to hit the mark. Does that make sense? It's just a big fucking bummer. Yeah, it's just the time travel is so bullshit. And, and I love time travel. It's one of my favorite genres of movies. I mean, Back to the Future, I can pick that apart of how bullshit that is, but it wasn't meant to be you know, on the mark of time travel. It's just meant to be fun, and it is fun. So I, yeah. I, I give it a pass. It's all, it's all it's supposed to be. It's not a scientific exploration of time travel. No, it's not. Um, yeah, let's get out of here. Um, plugs. Um, you know, um, double LNKZ on Twitter and reddragonsradio.com for all your, for all our great podcasts and Many other great podcasts, such as Am I Still on the Air? Or Am I on the Air? Hosted by DX Don Mega. And the site ran by DX Don Mega. I just want to say thank you at DX Don Mega. RedDragonsRadio.com, guys. LIWStudios.com. Lord during a Wonderland on YouTube. Patreon.com slash Lord Wonderland Studios. And we do want to thank Indie Sports Car Podcast at ISCP Podcast. On Twitter. Thank you. Until next time, Frank. And in and in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. And I'm Frank Clementine. Links. Squeeze, squeeze. See you for the parallel. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.